what does it mean to be high value and what does it mean to be low value? I don't look at myself as a high value man because I'm not fully established in all the right ways, especially financially. I'm doing good financially. I have no debt. I have money in the bank and I have income. So even though I'm doing well, I don't think that I have enough fame, status, power and influence and money to be considered truly high value. Though I do have high value and high quality habits, whether it's mental from what I do to what I'm up to and what I'm aspiring to be. I also don't claim to be a good person. I'm a person who's trying to be good. I'm very much aware of my capacity to do evil. I'm very much aware of the darker side of me. Not entirely, though I'm aware that it's there and I work on it. So, with that stated, I wanted to share my perspective on what it means to be high value and what it means to be low value. So, when we look at being a high value person, we think of someone who is great, like a king or like Marcus Aurelius, right? Someone like that or Joan of Arc. And we, we see them as humble, as charitable, as powerful, um, can have anything they want in the stamp of a finger, yet they are disciplined and they have done great things. They, they lived by, they would rather die standing than live kneeling, and they fought for what was right. And you'll notice that in modern American culture, this might be in other Western countries and other parts of the world, however, I'm just speaking from what I know, America, right? I've observed that people don't miss an opportunity to market themselves as a good person. It's kind of silly. It's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of cringe. It's kind of funny. We notice these behaviors because we want to have good standing within the tribe. We want to be looked at as good. And we're also aware that people will use our past against us. They'll use an honest, truthful, vulnerable statement against us. So there's a difference between doing what is philosophically right, like morally and ethically, versus um, doing something that looks like that to have more status, to have more influence, to have more opportunity. Take looking at business pages, for example. Can you name a business that that doesn't have writing that says, I've always wanted to be known for helping people and things like that? Whether it's true or not, um, you'll see that a lot. Because people buy into that. People, people want to believe that. Whether it's true or not about these businesses and people. And I think it's true for a lot of people. I think a lot of people do want to help other people. I think a lot of people are mostly good. However, my point is we can I we can we can be skeptical of when people are presenting themselves as good, including myself. 
And I encourage people to be skeptical of me. I don't think people should not be skeptical. In fact, I think it's our duty as people to keep skepticism alive. And this modern culture, if you have a dissident opinion, like you oppose authoritarianism, you're going to be called a racist, a sexist, a this, a that, a Nazi, a commie, a whatever. We live in very um, interesting times where it's actually kind of dangerous to be a free thinker or a critical thinker. It's dangerous to do high value things like stand up for what is in the interest of everybody or say most people to, to be truthful about what actual reality is. And it gets bombarded by people who believe in the ideology of everything is inherently subjective. So there's only my truth and your truth. Which is ridiculous. There are some universal things that are true. That are, that are pretty indisputable. So it, it's it's going to be difficult for um, people who want to be high value and stand up against corruption. And make a name for themselves actually helping people. When we live in a culture where everyone believes they're a good person. Or they try to market themselves that way all the time. And anyone who actually has the strength to be kind and vulnerable no matter what, not to say they're a pushover, but let's say for the sake of the argument it's a healthy thing, like they they tell a truthful statement and then it gets mischaracterized by people who are trying to stop the truth from getting out because it would ruin what they're doing in reality, whether it's moral or not. Um, and this is why... Being right is actually more important than having friends, by the way, in my opinion. Because following the, the tribe, the group, just for the sake of security and comfort and being accepted and being belonged to something, that, that can lead you to very bad places. That, that can lead you to poverty. That can lead you... I mean, it can lead you good places too, but that's by chance, right? It depends what the leader of the group demands. However, being right, seeing things for what they really are, the truth of the matter, and being away from the tribe, and not caring if you fit in or not, that is way more important because that leads you to sanity. And sanity can lead you to wealth because you're in contact with actual reality. And it, we live in times where it's dangerous to be like that. And it's dangerous to pursue being high value. Now, people are always trying to market themselves in the best light. They, everyone's got like a highlight reel of like why they're a good person or why they're high quality, why they're high value. However, I think it's actually way more high value to be honest about your weaknesses and your failures and the times you've been greeted with defeat when you tried to do the right thing and you were just overpowered. I think it's more admirable to be humble, to have the humility, to be honest with yourself and other people about what actual reality is. So as far as other traits of being high value, like I, like I use the wellness model, you know, having excellent mental health, being, being accountable in contact with reality and having tact, um, like knowing how to communicate, 
there's a right way and a wrong way to present the truth. I think, well, it also depends on your vibe and brand. However, I, th I think even if you are a brutal truth teller, I think there's a still a particular way to be tactful with that too. I know that sounds contradicting and maybe it is. However, I think that the way it would, the way you should be strategic as a brutal, honest, brutally honest person is that know who can take that and know who can't basically. And, and that, that also applies to people like me who choose to be kind. We, we have to know our audience. We have to know if the person needs it raw or if the person needs that tact. Now, I'm not saying we should sugarcoat things. I'm not saying we should lie and whisper sweet nothings into their ears. Just kidding. I'm saying that um, some, some people need the truth communicated in a way they can understand where that leaves their dignity intact. Some people don't have that need because they're very strong and well-developed. Not to say that the other is weak. I'm saying that some people are just different in their nature, in their personality. And I think that whether you're a brutally honest truth teller or a kind person like me, which I'm not always kind, I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm saying vaguely, I'm generalizing myself, I'm saying that I choose to be tactful anyway, even though I don't want to. We don't always want to be that way. Like, I'm saying, regardless who you are, you should know your audience and be able to communicate with them appropriately. I'm not saying you can always do that. Sometimes it's trial and error, hit or miss. However, I'm saying that's at least something to shoot for because it creates more opportunity and more harmony for that matter. And that's my estimation of it. That's my conclusion of that. And then you got physical health for being high value, being your best physical self, being able to pull yourself off self up off of a cliff and defend yourself and defend other people and conquer people who the tribe deems to be bad. I don't know. I'm just thinking of examples. And then there would be like financial health. Like the more wealth you have, the more you can give and be a better person to charities and hospitals and other organizations. So I think indisputably having a lot of money has so much to do with being high value and it is a contingency. I think it is because the more money you have, the more you can give amongst other things. So when it comes to contrasting it with low value behavior, you low value behavior would be like a lack of accountability. They always have to pass the blame on to somebody else or some event or something. They gossip and they slander. Uh, they lack tact when they talk to people. They're bullies, whether it's physical or emotional or whatever. Uh, Low-value people make excuses. They, they they don't work on themselves. They don't try to aspire to be more than they are. They don't try to properly make connections with other people. They don't try to properly communicate with people to their audience and to make progress happen. They don't want to be as giving. They want to take more. Uh, they They might... They might substitute being moral and ethical with feeling morally superior to other people and being resentful and it's justified because of X, Y, and Z. Um, however, in my experience, high-value people don't have to try to market themselves as good people. No, Low-value people have to do that. Or it's like, well, I'm a good person because of this. Or they make demands, well, I'm a good person, so be respectful of people like me, things like that. 
But I think high value people know they're not entitled to anything and the world doesn't owe them understanding as Kevin Samuels would say. Um, it, it's like, um, high, high value people are humble in my opinion. I, I think Kevin Samuels disagrees with me on that. I think he wants people to embrace something else because to me, in my opinion, true confidence comes from humility. Maybe that belief of mine will change the more info I get and experiences I have. I'm open to that. However, right now it's my belief because I'm getting results from it. And if other people get results from not being humble, then by all means. Um, don't be too much of a dick. Uh, here's the other thing. When it comes to like identity, because we're basically talking about identity, like ways to understand different kinds of people, like their value and like what behaviors... Uh, dictate or are components of high or low value behavior. A lot of people are under the impression with their worldview, whether it's valid or not, that you can only be loved for what you do. I can understand the way that they come to that conclusion. I can understand how it's easy to see it that way. And maybe it is that way and I'm wrong about what I'm saying. However, I'm going to take a stab at this. I think that... I think that what you can do for people is the gateway for people to appreciate you for who you are. Because when someone does something nice for me, whether they're paid to or not, it gives me a window into other aspects of who they are. Where if someone gives me a book to read, whether, like say it's ownership, right? Like they give me a book, to, they give me a book. And they want me to read it. I don't just think, wow, they're so useful. They give, they gave me this book. Maybe they'll give me more. I, I think that, wow, this actually says something about this person. And then I start to observe other things about them. Where it's like, besides their givingness and besides their potential to do things for me, I see their motivations behind that and the other complex components to that. And I start to build an appreciation for who they are and the ways that I see and, and, and what I can observe from them. So I think that even though we are more than what we can do for people, I think that what you can do for people, why you are of value, it's the gateway for them to see more of who you are. And that, that's my experience with it. And I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people want to be high value. It's just not a lot of people want to put in that work. For me, I'm putting in the work. I want to, I want to become more than I already am mentally, physically, and financially amongst other areas in my life. I want to be able to give as much as I can. And when you want, to, if you want to look at it from an evolutionary psychology perspective about altruism, yeah, there is selfishness to it. However, I wouldn't deem it bad or evil. Like, yes, I would like the respect and admiration that comes with being an altruistic giving person. And by the way, shout out to my friend Drew for helping me come to this conclusion. Uh, he taught me this. We had a discussion about altruism. I want to make a YouTube video about it. I may and I may not. I'm discussing it here, though. So I do like the benefits of the status, the image, the influence, the respect and power that does come with 
being humble and altruistic. That's the benefits to it. However, it's not just what I get from it. It's also, I feel good doing it. Like, I'm not just exclusively being nice and kind to people and giving them my time, energy, resources, and other things. Just in exchange transactionally. I'm also feeling good doing it. It feels good to do it. For various reasons. And it goes beyond the benefits and byproducts of that kind of behavior. So even though there is self-interest in what people do, I don't believe that makes them evil or bad. So even though the magic can be explained about kind people and altruistic people, or even love for that matter, it doesn't take the magic away. It actually explains the magic rather than takes it away. And even Robert Greene, in his book, Four Eight Laws of Power, and I think other books he talked about this, I can't remember exactly. However, I do know he talked about this in Four Eight Laws of Power about people to avoid, like avoid the unhappy and the unlucky and people like that, low-value people. He, oh, I think, if I remember correctly, he was talking smack about altruistic people and all that. Fair enough. I'll, I'll accept it. Um, I want to continue further and say that there, there's all kinds of people to avoid. I think it goes beyond people who pity party, people who don't want to try anything, people who cast doubt, people who hate on others for no reason. I think it goes beyond that. Like, there's always critical components of people that we overlook, the red flags we don't see. Like, an example of that would be when somebody constantly gossips and then it becomes slanderous or people who use the past use someone's past against them and that's one of the unfortunate realities about human nature is that your past will be used against you especially online so it's important that we don't say things that will come back to haunt us for me that's going to be challenging because i like to present my um, raw ideas and what I deem to be true. So I don't know how any of this will come back to haunt me. The only filters I have is I do my best not to swear on my show. I think if someone wants to be able to present this in a classroom or some government place or anywhere, I think they should be able to. So that's why I'm mindful of my language. Nonetheless, um, when it comes to the things we do, it will be used against you, and that's why um, it's important not to commit crimes, not to have kids you can't afford, and not to take on loans you can't pay back, whether they're student loans or not. Those would be Aaron Clary's three don'ts for living in America, if I recall correctly. And, uh, you know, pe people... People will always hold you to who you were before. And if people don't like you becoming more successful with who you are now, or they just don't like you for who you are now, they will do anything they can to dig up some dirt on you in the past. And this is one of the reasons I got off Facebook years ago. This is one of the reasons I, I don't have a Twitter account and an Instagram account. I have no idea what's going to be considered worth canceling 
and being called racist or sexist or misogynistic or hateful or whatever. Society changes in weird ways over time. It's kind of funny. And I recommend that you read a lot of Russian literature to see the patterns of human behavior that we see throughout history. Russian literature was really good at documenting that. Uh, Leo Tolstoy, Fyodor Dostoevsky. Uh, read, read those two authors. Uh, anyway. I don't know what's going to happen with online society. That's why I only have a YouTube channel and I just do a podcast and I have a website. That is the extent of my online brand. And I, and I act like who, who I am on my show just as I do in real life and in private. Though I will admit in private I do say a bit more swearing. I, I do swear a bit more and I do say offensive jokes. However, that's just a personal thing that I do. Nonetheless, I I I do my best to always be kind even to my family that I live with. I've, I live with my parents. I do my best to be high value in private when I'm alone, when I'm with other people, and when I'm out in public, when I'm online. And that's a good practice to have. And for me, it's not that I'm so much critiquing American culture when it comes to why I'm off social media. It's more so I don't really understand technology and online society yet. I used to have MySpace. I used to have Facebook. I used to be on AOL. I, I, I don't understand how it affects me or how it affects other people. You know, because when we're online, a lot of people are very reactive reactive and argumentative. A lot of people want to argue and pity party and make bold claims and not back them up. A lot of people act very differently online. Not all of them, just a lot of them. And there's also other components to it, too. Like on Facebook, like... I've been added into private group chats and people are talking smack about other people. People are, people are, people are strange. And I don't even know how, how many times I've been in a private girls chat and some text I sent a chick got roasted. I, I have no idea. It's probably happened dozens of times or more than that. <laughs> anyway, I, th- th- there's a lot of culturalistic things with internet society that I, my, my views and understanding of it are still taking shape. And that's why I'm super careful about what I'm doing online. And most of my time off the internet is spent working out, writing, working, playing battlefield, working out and just exploring the town I live in. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I try to spend as much time as I can doing nothing. I know that sounds funny and it is, However, it's meditative. I, I like to sit and be present and aware of my thoughts instead of actually thinking them. And do that for a long period of time. Because it's where I form my ideas. It's where I find insights. And I like to share them here on the podcast. I'm cutting you guys a great deal. It's, it, it's free. Yeah. It's a bargain. And I hope you all love it. And for those of you who do, I'm really glad. I'll keep making more. I think it's fun. I think it's enjoyable. However, 
even still, even with all my safety precautions and the rules I put on myself, I still know there's a high probability, whether it's in the near future, the present, or even the farther future, I might get canceled and that might be good for my brand. It might be a good money-making opportunity. I, I don't know. Because when you think for yourself and you challenge um, collectivist ideas or just any ideas, you risk being offensive. Uh, and you're probably going to be. Because a lot of the times our nature contradicts what is socially acceptable amongst the tribe. Regardless, whatever it may be, I can't think of an example off the top of my head. That might just be have to be done in a different episode. What I'm saying, though, is that no matter how much you understand human nature and no matter how well you do, and even if you're philosophically right, you might not be right in the eyes of society, especially if you're questioning things and you're skeptical and you're coming to conclusions that go against what is socially acceptable, you're always going to be at risk of becoming canceled. And I think that's why a lot of people aren't speaking their mind. I think that's why a lot of people aren't on social media. Like geniuses, people we don't even know. I'm not comparing myself to a genius. I'm just saying there's people like me and then there's geniuses who avoid social media and avoid contact with people and speak in their mind because they don't want to lose their jobs or they're not in a position like me where they can say what they want to online. And it's, it's so strange. Even if you understand it from the lens of typology, like it's beta quadra or it's this quadra or it's that quadra that's making this happen and making that happen. We can, the only thing we can do that I believe would be right, both philosophically and in reality um, and within the eyes of the tribe is, now that they would agree with it, I think we should be speaking recklessly. I think that we should be telling offensive jokes. I think that we should be saying things that we believe to be true. I think that we should challenge the authority. I think that we should um, challenge ideas that might be wrong or replace ideas with better working ideas. And I wouldn't say that I'm an absolutist when it comes to free speech. I, I do believe there should be laws against threats and slander. I, I, I support that, that kind of legislation, that kind of restriction on free speech. I, I, I do support that. However, I do, I do think that people should be able to say what they want without the government censoring them. And when we look at the situation with big tech and then alt tech, we have people who are either trying to find an echo chamber or genuinely discuss ideas. Or also harass people that, or troll people that they don't agree with. And like I said, my, my views and ideas are still shaping about online society. And I'm still trying to figure out where it's going. However, I would rather die standing than live kneeling. I'm going to say what I have to say regardless. Because that's part of me becoming a high value man. And regardless what low value people do to you. You have a choice to live on your principles, live by your principles and stand for them. Or you can be a coward. You can say nothing and try to live a humble life without taking part in shaping things for the better. 
And one thing I know for sure, we'll see the, we'll see the people we like in the future. We'll see the people we don't like in the past.